0: about how we are to live in this world God so loves. Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel, the beginning of chapter 17. And to set the stage, I want to look at two important moments that happen with Jesus and Peter in the previous chapter. In a conversation with the disciples, Jesus asks them, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They responded, Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah. Still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus affirms him, saying, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus predicts his passion to the disciples for the first time. Matthew 16:21 tells us, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. In response, Peter takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And then we get to chapter 17. Friends, I invite you to listen for God's word to you today in Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. Thanks be to God. It was just a couple of months ago on Christmas morning. I was cuddled up on the couch in my warm flannel pajamas with a cup of warm coffee, keeping my hands warm. I was surrounded in our living room by our Christmas decorations, greenery with bright lights, glass balls in various shades of red and pink and silver and white, our children's two nativity sets that had welcomed new friends to the birth of Christ, including a little farmer girl and Ernie from Sesame Street. I was basking in the glow of the Christmas tree lights while my four-year-old daughter expressed her sheer delight as she ran her hands over a gift by the fireplace, wrapped up in the shape of a scooter. We hadn't opened a single gift yet, and I knew that in about an hour I was going to have to get dressed for church and head out into the cold to lead worship. But in that moment, I wanted time to stand still so I could soak up all of the goodness and just hold on to it for a little bit. If you spend any time with children, then you are acutely aware of both How slowly time can pass in some moments, and how quickly time can pass when you pause to look back. We have a book in our house called, If I Could Keep You Little, by Marianne Richmond. The author takes us through many of those moments as a child grows up. She writes, if I could keep you little, I'd hum you lullabies. But then I'd miss you singing, your concert's big surprise. If I could keep you little, I'd strap you in real tight. But then I'd miss you swinging from your treetop height. If I could keep you little, we'd finger paint our art. But then I'd miss you creating stories from your heart. Oh, how we want to hold on to moments that are good. Sometimes we just want time to stand still. I can relate to Peter. He's trying to make sense of the mystery of Jesus, the one who he's ready to proclaim is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he wants Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, To stay a while. He wants to be in this good moment and not let it go. After all, Jesus has already begun to prepare Jesus and the other disciples for what is to come. And it will include betrayal, arrest, and crucifixion. It won't feel good. It won't be pretty. In fact, it will seem harsh and cruel and devastating. Peter, I don't think, isn't ready for all of this to happen, and so he wants to stop time and hold on to this really good moment, this moment where the divinity of Jesus shines bright like the sun all around the human body of Jesus. Two of their ancestors have shown up on the mountain also, and Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish I will make three dwellings here one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah can we just stay here for a beat can we bask in your light Jesus can we hold on to this holy moment can we hold on to what is good and this is where United Methodist Pastor Jason McKelly says we pastors and preachers and church people have given Peter a really hard time. We point our finger at Peter for misunderstanding Jesus. We chide Peter for not or for wanting to preserve this spiritual mountaintop experience. But McKelly says. Notice what doesn't happen in the text. When Peter suggests that he could make three dwellings on the mountaintop, why doesn't Jesus correct him? Michele says, Why doesn't Jesus rebuff Peter and say, No, it is good for us to go back down the mountain to serve the least, the lost, and the lonely. Why doesn't Jesus scold Peter? Peter, it's not about spiritual experiences. The Son of Man came to serve. If Peter's offer is such a grave temptation, then why doesn't Jesus exhort him like he does elsewhere and say, get behind me, Satan? If Peter is so wrong, then why doesn't Jesus respond by rebuking Peter? Could it be... That Peter is more or less right? Could it be that gazing upon Christ who is lit up like the sun and dazzling before them is good and right? Could it be that being aware of God's presence is enough? That it's good? Could it be that the essence of discipleship is To keep our eyes focused on Christ, who is the light of the world. Could it be that Peter glimpses the mystery of our faith? That God became human so that humanity might become like God. And as if it wasn't mysterious enough, while Peter was still speaking, Matthew tells us that a bright cloud overshadowed them, and the cloud, and a voice from the cloud said, "This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. On that high mountain, Peter, James and John saw the glory of God in Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, on full display. This is God, and God is with us. And God makes it known that Jesus is the beloved, the one to whom we should listen. And what does Jesus say next? Get up and do not be afraid. We aren't staying here on the mountain, Jesus says. We are going back down to our everyday lives, but I'm going with you. We're going back to the valleys, but I am with you. We are going back to the bumpy roads that twist and turn, but I am with you. On that high mountain, Jesus doesn't rebuff or scold or exhort or rebuke Peter. Instead, the one who has just been reminded of his own baptism, the one who has been affirmed of his good nature the one who has been reminded that he is God's beloved, says, get up and do not be afraid. Looking to the transfigured Christ, shining in God's glory as bright as the sun, I wonder if we might see God with us, showing us how to be like God. Might we see our own belovedness Might we be affirmed in who we are? Might we reflect the goodness and mercy of our loving God? Get up, God's beloved children, and do not be afraid. One of my all-time favorite books, Tattoos on the Heart, is written by Father Gregory Boyle, the founder of Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles which is the gang capital of the world. About 10 years ago, I had an opportunity to visit Homeboy Industries and meet Father Greg, who is a Jesuit priest, while on a youth mission trip. I saw in person the ministries that make up the gang intervention program there. In his book, Father Greg shares stories of men and women he's worked with over the years. They are some of the most holy, and moving stories I have ever read. I find myself both laughing and crying on the same page. Father Greg writes in the book, Gangs are a bastion of conditional love. One false move and you find yourself outside. Slights are remembered. Errors in judgment held against you forever. If a homie doesn't step up to the plate perform the required duty, he can be relegated to no good status. This is a state from which it is hard to recover. Homeboy industry seeks to be a community of unconditional love. Community will always trump gang any day. And Father Greg continues, everyone is just looking to be told that who he or she is is right and true and wholly acceptable no need to tinker and tweak exactly right it is right and good remember our liturgy at the table it is right to give god thanks and praise it is right to give god glory it is good to bask in the glory of god I think Peter was right to want to stay in the presence of God, even if he did forget for a moment that Jesus, God with us, the beloved son, was going to go down with him from that mountain. But maybe instead of wagging a finger at Peter, or chiding ourselves for wanting to delight in a moment of God's glory, we should turn toward Jesus who shines the light and love of God into our lives. It is good. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is God with us, and God's beloved goes with us wherever we go, shining the light on us and constantly reminding us to reflect that light back. In the presence of Jesus, we are changed. Get up and do not be afraid. You too are beloved and you have goodness to share. The children's book by Mary Ann Richmond ends with, If I could keep you little, I'd keep you close to me. But then I'd miss you growing into who you're meant to be. We know we can't stay in one place forever. And we know we can't stay the same person that we were five or ten years ago. To look to Christ and to live in the light of Christ is to be transformed, to grow as a disciple. But we can hold on to what is good. We can keep our focus on the light of Christ. We can harness the light of Christ that is within us the light that reflects God's own. We can grow into who we're meant to be, into who God is calling us to be. Father Greg also shares a story of officiating a funeral for one of his homies. He's done that many times. And for this particular funeral, he went with words that Jesus shares earlier in the Gospel of Matthew on a different mountain. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And here's what Father Greg says. I like even more what Jesus doesn't say. He does not say, one day if you are more perfect and try really hard, you'll be light. He doesn't say, if you play by the rules, cross your T's and dot all your I's, then maybe you'll become light. No, he says straight out, you are light. It is the truth of who you are, waiting only for you to discover it. Peter discovered the goodness of being in God's glow. He felt connected to both the humanity and the divinity of Jesus, the mystery of our faith. On that high mountain Peter recognizes that God is here and he wants to hold on to that goodness. God's beloved Son reminds us again and again God became like you so you might become like God. You are the light of the world, beloved children. Hold on to what is good and shine the light of Christ. To all the world. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons.
1: Love and serve
0: the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day, and always, always, amen.